What is up and welcome to the Beware the Bay podcast today. We're going to be talking about an epic victory over the Carolina Panthers, talking about some areas we need to improve in, looking ahead at the Bucks' primetime matchup against the Rams next week. All that and more on today's podcast. Bucks fans, my name is Micah Frank and I am joined as always by my co-host, the infamous Brandon, Uncle B. Ricketts. It's another morning edition of the Beware the Bay podcast. We're coming at you after a massive bounce back game from your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks' offense got right, their defense looked much improved, and their run game came to life. That's a formula for winning football. Brandon, how are you feeling this morning about it all? Oh, I'm feeling great. Feeling a lot better than I did last week. Last week, I came on the show and I just had the feeling of, man, we really have to talk about this not-so-ugly, god-awful whatever you want a performance by the team uh it was just it was not great it was not great at all so uh but this week we're on to this week it was a great week and now we have a, oh, a daunting daunting task ahead of us is hopefully winning on around the monday night game but we'll talk about that here in a second too but whew. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into it, we will, but before we get into the podcast, remember we'll have a listener question segment. If you guys have questions, we'll answer them. Uh, if you don't, we got plenty to talk about. Um, I, I sometimes say my gift, I have the gift of gab, so it's it's no problem ever if we don't have questions. You know, we'll, we'll, talk, uh, we'll talk in circles, but if you do have some questions, drop them in the chat. Uh, if you have some topics you want us to discuss, drop them in the chat. We'll keep an eye on them, and uh, we'll have them for our listener question segment. Or if you have questions or topics for future podcasts, hit us up throughout the week on social media in the DMs. Send it to the Instagram story question each week or use hashtag BeWeAreTheBay on Twitter and Instagram. Now on to the podcast, Brandon. Boop. Man, great game. What is your one word and immediate reaction coming out of this Panthers game? About freaking time that we got the running game going. <laughs> that was literally what I thought about like the entire time. I mean, I know it was only the one run that was like 98 yards. We'll talk about that here in a second. But yes, I thought it was a great day. Uh, I was excited. Um, it was it was fun filled, and I just can't believe that we, after dropping a goose egg pretty much on the New Orleans Saints, you know, uh, we come back and slaughter those Carolina Panthers, and not to mention we swept the Panthers. So that looks good for us. So. Yeah, man, and uh, I'm, I got to be honest with you, I, I literally have the exact I have the exact same word. And and again, guys, we don't have like a shared you know show notes thing. We kind of just have different prompts so that we can bring this live. My my one word, and I cheated this week. We both cheated. Was about time. <laughs> it it's been a minute since we've seen this offense, defense, and special teams show up in the same game. And uh, listen, it seems like forever, but in reality, it's only been a few games. So. Um, we expected to see this Bucks team um, get up for the Saints game. You know, we expected to see them at their best um, against a, a lowly Giants. We even expected to see them at their best against the Raiders. But in reality, those performances were far from perfect, and I think far from the Bucks' best, especially the Saints game. So this is one of those games where I'm just glad it happened now because we've got some tough opponents ahead. So getting right on offense, defense, special teams, man, it's important. And I think this has got to bode well for the Bucks. got to bode well for their confidence going into the last six games of the season. I, I couldn't agree more because these next two games are probably the crucial part of our season here. Um, you know, our 
our playoff hopes of where where we sit and you know what we're gonna do if we you know if and when we make the playoffs uh goes down to these next two games here uh with the rams on monday night and then the late game with the kansas city chiefs so it's gonna be interesting to see how we move forward here but let's talk about the panthers game first micah what's we had a lot of good to talk about some things to think about so what's one what's your first bad thing that you can bring up that happened in this game Sure, and I really only have two, and they're kind of more overarching ones, and and, and I think these are ones that most Bucks fans would agree with. Um, and, and this is starting slow and looking bad early. That's I, kind of my I, first. I, bad I've been thing. saying this for weeks, man. Where you been? Where have you been? <laughs> I. It's not that I haven't been here, man. It's just that uh, you know I didn't have much to talk about this week, so <laughs> there wasn't too much bad. So this was one of those overarching things that I agree with, man. You had the Rojo fumble. Yeah. The defense was playing off coverage. was super soft against the run early. You had the blown coverage for a wide-open TD. And then you allowed Teddy Bridgewater to be 13 for 13 for 107 yards and two touchdowns in the first half at one point. So that is not the start you want. And, and after a start like that, Brandon, I was a little concerned about what the outcome of the game would be. What, what did you think about the uh, performance? No, I completely agree. When I, um, when I first started watching the game, we had just made it over to um, – the Harry Potter part of the park where I went to Universal this weekend. And, uh, you know, I was just like, man, this is such a slow start, you know. And then, you know, they scored, or, you know, they scored, and then we were, you know, having a decent drive, and then Rojo fumbled, and then they scored again. And it just wasn't looking pretty for us at the beginning. I was just like, oh, God, here we go again. And then, you know, hey, it is what it is, but we just got to get, we got to get the ball rolling. And, you know, I've been saying it for the, probably the last several weeks now, on our show it's like we got to start fast and it just doesn't seem like we're getting into those grooves yet i know every team plays different but i just i like the comfortability of being hey we scored two touchdowns on our first two drives and you know we built ourselves a lead and now it's just protecting it so that's just my feeling on it and you know it it was one of my bads as well just we gotta we gotta find a way to get get going i mean you know i don't want to trust yeah. you know i don't want to just be like oh I put the reliability on, you know, Suckup because he's, I mean, he's been great, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, we need to score touchdowns. I'd rather have seven than three. Yeah. I, and listen, I totally agree. I think, you know, I have to continue to remind myself that in the NFL, they have point, the point spreads are usually three and four points on some of these games for a reason, because you don't win very big in the NFL. Normally every, every week there are a couple of blowouts, but you know, if you, you looked at your whole season, you know, that you have, a, maybe you have a couple blowouts a season. Um, but most of the time you win, win a game by seven or by 10 or by four or by three. Sometimes like the, this is not college football where, you know, how you win impacts your seating. It's, it's only that you, that you win, right? Um, it's, it's wins and losses. So, you know, you know, the fact that we struggled early, but then came back and, and blew them out, I got a little worried in the beginning, but I just had to remind myself that hey, this is a this is a long football game. It's four quarters. You can always come out in the second half and change the the direction and turn the tide. And turn the tide, we did. You know, we were tied 17-17 at half, and we came out just on fire. So those are things you love to see. You know, you you look around the NFL, specifically the NFC, and you see you know Seattle has struggled, right? You see that. Um, you see that Green Bay struggled against the Jaguars. I mean, it, nothing's guaranteed in the NFL, and it's week to week. So 
Um, it's not the end of the world when you keep it close in the beginning, but I'm with you. I mean, I would. <laughs> this team is too good not to start fast, and we've seen it before in the beginning of the year, and I think we're especially going to need it against the Rams and the Chiefs. Yeah, as the saying goes, on any given Sunday. So, all right, well, um, let's move on to your to your next bad because I think we're kind of like on the same wavelength this week. So, uh, you know, go ahead and give us that next bad that we, you know, that we we can talk about. Sure. Yeah, I think um, another bad, in my opinion, would just be the missed opportunities. And by the way, guys, we talk about the bad. We try to get it out of the way first because we like to focus on the good things. Um, but you know, we want to be we want to be, um, be fair to talk about the things that you know weren't so hot, uh, but also some of the things that we you know really like. So missed opportunities is the last thing I have on my bad list. You know, even though Brady had a great day, um, there were still. You know, still some some things that he missed. I mean, he missed three wide open long touchdowns by overthrowing receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, his deep ball's not been there the last couple of games. I think he'll get it back, but those are missed opportunities, right? You know, missed a couple of wide open touchdowns. You also had some receivers dropping things. There were a lot of drops today, um, and and maybe that's a little nitpicky, but you know, if you're if you're wanting to play with the best in the league, you just you just gotta hit on those opportunities. When defense is given to you, the wide open ones, you gotta hit on them. And I think the last thing I'll say is we left a lot of points on the board. And again, we blew the Panthers out, so I'm not complaining. I'm just saying we probably could have dropped 60 on this team. I mean, <laughs> we we had four field goals, and three of them were under 25 yards, which means that we just stalled out and we had to kick chip shots. So I'm looking forward to when this team can get back to its red zone prowess and that deep ball can get back as well. Maybe, again, maybe that's a little nitpicky, but there were some missed opportunities for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, just just thinking about it, you know, it, it has been like, I want to say the last week, two weeks now, I guess we've seen a couple drops from all our receivers um from some from you know sure hands but then you know brady definitely missing on those deep balls where you know people are like oh well he's still got the deep ball or he doesn't have the arm well he still has the arm so i don't know you know why it's you know doing what it's supposed to do so it is what it is (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) yeah if if anything he's missing like long you know yeah (laughs) this camera thing is hilarious yeah well like no i'm like (laughs) i'm trying to sit here i'm pretty sure it's your connection because i'm having a heart like my audio i can barely hear you at some point and then it's just like i don't know i'm also deaf so i just can barely hear anyway so (laughs) anyways all right well let's hope the the fans are can hear and see well that's all that really matters okay so we there wasn't really much bad so let's move on to the good and i'll tell you what i'll start i'll start here and I, this is on both of our both of ours. I know it is the run game, exceptional, because especially from a young man named Ronald Jones, who had the longest play in Buccaneers franchise history with a 98-yard touchdown run. Michael, what was your first reaction to that? It was just incredible, man, and. I so I watch a uh, my feed is a little bit behind everybody else's, and because uh, I'm out of market, and so I'm trying to trying to get it any way I can um, to see the game. So I'm a little behind, and so unfortunately, you know, I know better than to be scrolling Twitter during the game because the things will get spoiled. And unfortunately, run got spoiled, but it didn't make it any less amazing. I mean, he breaks through the first level, breaks through the second level, and man, he was just gone. And it was. 
I haven't seen a run like that since I've watched highlights of like Warwick Dunn. And I mean, that's saying a lot. And again, I know Doug Martin had a couple of good years, but but I mean, it, it was reminiscent of some of the home run ability of some of those great Buccaneers of the past. And so it was incredible seeing him. They just need to keep feeding him. And, and after that first fumble, I did not think he was going to get the ball again. <laughs> I mean, I thought Bruce was going to take him out of the game and we were not going to see him back in the game. And he made a bad mistake, but it was obviously the right move. Keeping him in, uh, he went for uh, 192 yards on 24 touches and, of course, had that huge, massive, game-turning 98-yard touchdown. Incredible. Just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. He had, yeah, it was like 23 touches. So that, that's pretty good for 192 yards. You know, you you don't you couldn't tell that he had a great day because he had a fantastic, beautiful day that day. All right, Michael, what's one of your other good? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this is an overarching thing. I got quite a few good. This is kind of an overarching thing. Resilience and mental toughness. After being embarrassed by your division rival on national TV, who the, the sad thing is we might consider them a division rival, but it's like they don't consider us a division rival because we haven't been competitive the last three <laughs> years. But after being embarrassed... 38 to 3. Stop laughing at my fat head. I'm, I'm, um, I'm laughing because your connection is I your is your connection is making you dribble jabble and then your f- picture will freeze and then it'll speed up again and then it'll I'm sorry. I'm trying not to laugh. But <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. Oh man. Okay. I wonder I wonder if do you want to talk about something real quick and then I can uh, see if I can work on the connection real quick and then I can hop back on. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to talk about the offense or our offensive line. And, you know, realistically, that was probably one of my, my best bright spots because, you know, I had been talking about it since the Saints game. Now that we, we knew that Ali Marpet was going to be out for that game. So what was going to be, it was going to be a hard thing for us to understand that who was going to fill that that spot. Well, Joe Haig filled that spot during that or during that Saints game. But it had been talked about earlier in the week that there was a possibility that they would slide Ryan Jensen over and put Ali, or put AQ Shipley in. That didn't happen. And Tom Brady was destroyed during that game. A lot of pressures, a lot of sacks. He was he was touched a lot. Fast forward to this week, we had a lot of opportunities for us to protect Tom Brady. And we got the run game going. So it was good to see that they finally took what I had been talking about. And I'm pretty sure it was talked about by other people too, but... I had talked about it as well that taking AQ Shipley and sliding Ryan Jensen over was the best thing. And AQ Shipley talked talked about it on the Pat McAfee show where he said, "Well, you know, we had talked. They had came up to me the week before and talked about it like there was a strong possibility, and they decided to go with Joe Haig. And then this week they came up to him Monday and said, "Hey, you're going to you're going to you're going to start." And I think it was the best opportunity for him. Um, so I think in my opinion, um, it was one of the best things I get folks. I do apologize about my goodness internet for some reason. It's just, it is what it is with technology, but, um, that's how I felt about it. You know, I would love to hear what you guys are saying on Facebook about that. Um, that was one of my goods was just talking about how well, um, you know, AQ Shipley did to fill in that gap that, you know, was going on there. Um, Yeah, guys, it looks like Mike is having technical difficulties, so I do apologize about that. Um, give me one second, folks. I'm going to try to get him back here. Let me see. Do, 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 
technology, right? Let me see. Let me see if I got you back here, Micah. Technology, right, folks? Am I right? Am I right? I mean, airline food. What is up with that? All right, Micah. It looks like you're back. Back. Yeah, it looks like it looks like you're back. <laughs> Disappeared on Sorry, us there guys, for a second. The, since the hurricane, our Wi-Fi has not been not been what it used to be. So yeah. No, and Tim, you know, I I completely agree. I think the coaches did get it right. That was my biggest thing. Um, the last week and a half that I we had talked about it was the AQ Shipley move, and I think you know AQ Shipley has been with AB pretty much almost his entire career. Uh, starting with Pittsburgh, going to Indianapolis, going to Arizona, now coming here, you know, he knows the system. So he knows the snap counts. He knows, you know, what to do. It was his adjustment of having to, you know, do the talent thing, which he talked about on the Pat McAfee show as well. It's like, that was probably the best thing that he's ever had, you know, done because it made it better for him. So I think that was interesting to hear from, you know, hear from his side too, because, you know, we you don't hear much from centers <laughs> and to hear you know ryan jensen you know who you know has done not nothing but bully defensive line you know because he he's a monster and for him to go out there i think it was his the ronald jones play he got out there in the second level and took a gave a nasty block in that second level and just kept kept that run going without him being there i think that would have been a totally different story I don't think Ronald Jones would have gotten that 98-yard touchdown, in my opinion. Michael, what are, I was talking about the offensive line change with A.Q. Shipley and everything. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know you and I had talked about it just before we came on the air. Yeah, and I mean, I think last week coaching was a liability, but this week it was a strength. You know, moving Shipley to center, Jensen to guard worked out beautifully. And you wish maybe last week that they'd made that decision because, you know, in the Saints game it was just so bad. Joe Haig was just a, you know, turnstile. He just the entire time, um, it was just letting people through. Brady getting hit. Uh, this time around, not so much, man. Great protection, only one sack. Brady had to move around a little bit, but he's had to do that all season. Uh, and man, that's just a great move. But I think other coaching moves that were great were leaving Rojo in after the fumble. Obviously, that turned out really good. Have AB returning punts after Grayson and Mickens were out. Thought that was a good move. He had much better play calling from Byron. And then I think Todd Bowles, he um, started aggressive, but then he got conservative, but then he adjusted back to aggressive mentality and let his players do what they do best. So I was, um, at, last week I was kind of a, uh, hated the coaching. This week I thought it was a huge strength for the Buccaneers. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, prior to Ali Marpet going down with a concussion, our our offensive line had looked pretty stellar. So, the the absence of Ali Marpet did have has shown a little bit of effect on Tom Brady's availability in the pocket when he's being pressured. So, it's a little different. But you know, we had talked about it in the offseason. We just got to top or protect Tom Brady. So it is what it is. All right, Michael. Absolutely. So you're looking crisp and clear now. Tell us one of your good things that you were fixing to talk about before we started seeing a little robot, Micah. <laughs> Oh man, thanks guys for being patient. It's uh it's crazy here in New Orleans still. There's 
Anyway, New Orleans is New Orleans. Um, so I was talking about the mental toughness and resiliency, but you get the point on that. I mean, they came back in a big way. Something else that I really loved was the resiliency in this game. The second half for the defense was so much better than the first half. And, I, and really it was kind of the second half plus like the last few defensive series. But they got back to that aggressive mentality. And listen, I was calling for that even on, on the show um, when I went on with Ren and with Ren for the Pewtercast, we talked about some things I was looking forward to. And I was like, this needs to be an offense get right game, defense get right game, and get the run going. And all three of them really worked out, and I think that's just a testament to the fact that it was a team win. But I think specifically something that really helped was the defense getting back to what they do best. They're blitzing, the D was flying around, you had them playing aggressive, swarming to the ball. And, and actually the Panthers only had 35 yards in the second half which is incredible. And um, if you look at the drives uh, for the second half for the Carolina Panthers, this is the result of those drives. Punt, interception, downs. Then they punched in a touchdown after the special teams allowed a 98-yard return. That's not on the defense at all. Downs and then punt. So just an incredible change from what we've seen out of the defense the last couple games. And and it gives me that optimism that I have that they can get back, back to that dominant defense that they once were so it was a really good sign what did you see out of the defense that got you excited? oh no i i completely agree i think those guys you know finally clicked you know we've seen we've played against teddy bridgewater now three times uh since he's been in our division um going back to the saint to that first things game where he pretty much slaughtered our defense but you know he's you know we're finally starting to get the groove of who you know who teddy bridgewater is and knowing our protection and it was a great bounce back bounce back game by all the guys on that side of the ball um including our um linebackers you know they were kind of doing what they were they're what they're paid to do and um shout out to uh um jpp for getting that nice crisp interception there i mean like he's been dropping back in coverage a lot lately and uh he finally got one and i think you know the excitement to see on their face when he did that was probably phenomenal you know it showed the the leadership that he holds in that locker room and what how those guys look up to him, um, including Devin White, you know, Levante David as well, because, you know, he hasn't been as here as long as JPP has, and JPP has been in this league for years. So, you know, it's just nice to see, like, the leadership that there is being shown on the field um, where we don't see it off the field, but we're seeing it a lot on the field now. Um, it's coming together. It's coming together. We're 7-3. It it's coming together. We've got six games left, 7-3. I'm happy about it. That's exciting. It really is. Um, do you have any other good things, or uh, you want to? Uh, yeah, else? Let's, uh, you know, we talked about the offense line real quick, but let's just finish up on our on our offense side of all. The offense, you know, they had great drives. There was only there's only one drive where we just didn't punt. We didn't punt. We did not punt. It's it's it's, it's crazy. It, our first, you know, it was the fumble, and then after that, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, like, it was just nothing wow. but b e a beautiful from the offense side of the ball and you know you're you're right you know we probably it could have been a lot worse a lot worse so it you know they they came together they did what they were supposed to do um the coaching the coaching decisions were great i think both sides of the ball finally are coming together special teams have been there they're finally catching up to where the special teams were so (laughs) but one thing that's one (laughs) thing that i forgot to ask you i didn't get to see it but i saw it on the um on the highlight there was a blocked extra point and that yeah. hasn't been the first extra point or field goal that's been blocked this year. 
Uh, what do you think is kind of contributing to that? I, you know, I, I wonder. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, last game we kind of ragged on Joe Haig, who was the replacement for Ali Marpet, and <laughs> he, they take him out of this game. He's not starting, but he was on the field for special teams, and he actually allowed the blocked uh, extra point, if you can believe it. So he somehow made his presence felt again. I don't think he'll be seeing the field for a long time, um, maybe on special teams. But, yeah, those things are sometimes just a lapse. You know, uh, special teams can kind of be that extra, the add-on, you know, oh, you just kick it off. You don't expect them to run it out. Oh, they're running it out. Let me go tackle them. And then we missed a bunch of tackles on that big run back. So some, sometimes I think on special teams, you kind of go through the motions, especially with like chip shot field goals or extra points. So, you know, it could be that. But uh, I think the bigger thing is that, you know, our kicker is like 90% for the year, which is insanity. I mean, it is crazy that he's doing so good. I don't want to say his name, of course, for jinx reasons, but um, he's he's been kicking so well. And when it's not been blocked or when it's not been, you know, uh, somebody's jumping over the line or running around, getting a hand on it, uh, he's almost been automatic. So uh, as far as special teams is concerned, man, he's doing really good. But let me give you one more point on the offense. Um, only three penalties. And the, uh, the team and they were 10 and 6 on third 10 and 16 on third downs and they scored on nine straight possessions that's dominance and again you know they scored on nine straight possessions but they had four field goals three of which could have been touchdowns a couple there were dropped touchdowns so uh, the Bucks left some points on the field but it's a really good side Brandon a really good sign that this offense is back and um, it's all the way back we just got to keep Brady upright and that's the key to the game honestly yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> all right let's see um we're going into our listener question real quick and or we didn't really have any on social media because you know we kind of dropped the ball this week on getting it out there but you know um eric uh harden asked can the bucks stop losing primetime games a couple primetime games coming up you're, you're right and you know but here you know i'm just gonna take what tom brady said you gotta win on Mondays. Gotta win on Tuesdays. Gotta win on Thursdays. Gotta win on Saturdays. Gotta win on Friday. You know, Sundays. I mean, you gotta win no matter what. No matter what day you play. You know, I know there is a couple games this year that was on Tuesday. So I know there is a couple games that are gonna be played this year on Saturday. You know, hey, we gotta just win those games. It, it, that's what it boils down to. I don't care if the lights are on or off. We gotta go out there and we gotta play those games. Um, just gotta get those dubs. That's all that really matters. Yeah, and, and what goes into that is consistency, and this is on my what needs to change. Um, and I think consistency is huge for this Bucks team. You know, questions like, can this offense do that again? Can the defense hold up against better offenses? Can this offensive line keep Brady upright against much better defensive fronts? Can the Bucks play up to their ability under the bright lights of prime time? All of those questions are completely fair because the only one of the only things that the Bucks haven't been this year is consistent for more than three games and i hate that to even say that but like we we got to keep stacking this stuff to where we can say hey this is who the bucks are and we're confident in who they are and they're consistent we know they're going to bring their a game in every single game and if we're honest i don't think we know that yet so this will be a huge test for the bucks can they have the mental toughness to go into a monday night game and uh, be competitive and this is a tough Rams team. You know, they've, they've done they've done some things. I'm still not completely sold on them, but we'll get to the Rams preview in a second. This is not going to be a cakewalk. You cannot just show up here and pretend, you know, that this is the Giants and to sneak out a win. If you're if you're not ready to go in this league, it's a week-to-week league, um, teams are going to beat you. 
uh, full, 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 uh, I mean, what am I even saying? It's, it's, it's still early. Um, 100%, I'll just say, is uh, teams are going to beat you if you're not ready. So uh, Bucks got to be ready. Prime time's been an issue. I think Bruce Arians said he's going to be changing some things around with practice, doing some night practices to see if they can get them ready for those games. So we'll see. And and I'm looking forward to seeing if they can uh, if they can put it together in prime time. Yeah, absolutely. And that you know that kind of I don't think we have any more really listener questions. We've talked about Ryan Setup because um, then the next question that Eric asks is, can we beat the Rams? And Micah, before we. I, before you start telling us who the Rams are, let me just remind everyone, there's a guy over there that wears the 99. There's a guy over there that is a monstrous. So this offensive line has to show up. So, folks, this week on Monday Night Football, we play against the L.A. Rams. We play two L.A. teams this year. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes out. Micah, who are the L.A. Rams? Yeah, I mean um... – I'm not. I'm still not sold on them, and specifically their offense. You know, they're averaging 20 points on offense over the last four games. Oh, whoa, wait, uh, whoa! They, breaking news. Sorry, sorry. Breaking news. That I'm just coming off of what Espen is telling me because you know I don't know how how you know this affects anything, but this is actually really cool to see. Um, NFL assembles the first all black um, officiating crew to work Monday night's game against between the Rams and the Buccaneers. I think that is cool to see, um, you know, history is being made across sports in general lately. And I, I think it's good to see, you know, um, having that, you know, will, you know, definitely take a step forward and shoot even when, you know, a female being on the officiating teams, you know, the, you know, now it, it's cool to see the change that's going on. But sorry, that, that just came across, you know, in the ES Espen there so we know espen is just garbage regardless though <laughs> but anyways all right go back in back into who the la rams are yeah sure um like i said on offense they have only been averaging 20 points a game over the last four games and they've only scored more than 24 points three times and two of those games came against the eagles and the washington football team so you know, this is a this is a team that I, I just am still not necessarily sold on their offense, not sold on Jared Goff. They've got too much talent to be performing like this on offense um, with the incredible mind of Sean McVay for the offensive coordinator. But the one area of their team that you can just absolutely say is going to come to play is their defense. Their defense has been absolutely on fire lately. They have an incredible front four and corners that are doing an excellent job you know, uh, locking down wide receivers. And I think this will be a huge test for the Tampa Bay Bucks on Monday Night Football. And so to kind of get into my three things that I think Bucks fans need to know about this team, starting off, the Rams are a matchup nightmare for defenses. Now, I know I said their offense has not been doing great lately, but if you look across their team, I mean, they've got some incredible talent and guys that can kill you. Two really good wide receivers in Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, a tight end that you have to watch, Tyler Higby, and three, three running backs that could come in and play snaps in each game. Um, and it's, it's, you never know what you're going to get from that offense. Tons of pre-snap, mo- pre-snap motion, tons of play action, and we'll talk about that in just a second. And you know, when you got Sean McVay calling plays, putting guys in favorable positions. You're going to have to disrupt the quarterback to try and get the edge. And you can't wait for the offense to, to dictate what you're going to do. You have to dictate to the offense what they're going to do. Or if you let 
uh, Jared Goff sit back and just read zones, that is where I think he's most dangerous. He's got guys that are really fast and know how to play um, specifically against zone defenses where they'll just sit down in a zone. And Jared Goff, if you can just let him sit back and throw the ball the entire time like we've done with Nick Foles and Drew Brees, we can't do that again. If you let him do that, he can pick you apart. So the first thing is that the Rams are matchup nightmares for defenses. But that leads me to my second thing. Uh, if the Bucks are going to win this game, they have to take a page out of Miami's playbook and bring high amounts of pressure on Jared Goff. Agreed. Jared Goff. Jared Goff, he's historically not great under pressure, and it was absolutely the recipe for success when Miami beat them just a couple of weeks ago. They blitzed the crap out of mm-hmm. him. They are able to shake him up, force three turnovers, and I think that that's what the Bucks are going to have to do. Seattle dropped into zone coverage way too much, and he just Goff showed you what he can do. He can he can carve up defenses if you give him time and you run zones on him. And so getting after him, that's the recipe for forcing him to make mistakes. He'll sit back there and he'll chuck a ball up if if you come after him with pressure. He's just not great under pressure. So I'd I'd love to see the Bucks get that aggressive mentality. You know, their defense was the best in the Packers game, and it was when they were aggressive. They came after the quarterback, exotic blisses, press man coverage. So those are two things. I've got one more thing, but what do you think about uh, how our defense matches up against their offense and how, you know, they've got different weapons, and, and do you think we need to blitz Jared Goff throughout Oh, this absolutely. Game? I feel like we need to do what we've done in previous games is blitz the quarterback and get to, you know, get – disruption you know we that's how we've been winning the turnover battle in all our games is you know blitzing i mean i know it's kind of eaten or ate us in the butt a couple games you know against nick Foles and drew Brees, but you can't do that against them you have to cover your you have to cover your guys because those guys will drop drop dimes and you know jared goff is actually the opposite you don't blitz you know you you don't blitz them he's gonna drop dimes on you um without protect you know so you you yep. get to Jared Goff, you have a good chance. And while we're talk- on the subject of you know their you know how unsure you know their their whole team is, you know Christopher Cole brought up a great question real quick, and he goes, "Do you think the the NFC West, you know where you know who the LA Chargers play with, are you know are they good? Um, because they have the AFC and the NFC East, you know they they play against these terrible teams, you know." So it's not like they're have, playing against great teams. I thought it was a good question, but you know we're we're here picking apart the you know L.A. Rams. But are they really as good as you know what their record is? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you you can only play the teams that are in front of you. In going, you know, um, six and three, it it takes. You know, we've seen it this year. It's not easy to go seven three. And it's not easy to go six and three in this league. I mean, there are some really good teams out there. I do think that it is a little bit, you know, it's a it's a little bit suspect that they're playing teams like that. But here's the good thing: is they play each other a bunch uh, here in the last six games, so they'll knock each other down a little bit, and that will impact uh, us favorably for the playoffs if we're if we're not able to overtake the Saints. I'm still fingers crossed on that one. We're gunning for a wild card spot, right? And all of those other teams are also gunning for either the division title or a wild card spot. And so uh, it'll be good that they play each other, you know, uh, knock each other back a little bit, and that'll help the Bucks in our playoff aspirations. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Seahawks, they show that they've got some deficiencies. And uh, when Russ is, you know, the only thing going, when there's not the run game going, and when the defense can't play serviceable, 
you know, they might lose and Russ didn't look good, right? Arizona, they're hot and they're cold. Yeah, they beat a Buffalo team, but barely on a Hail Mary. And the LA Rams just haven't been great on offense. So I think all of those teams have major weaknesses, major flaws that could be exposed in the playoffs. But yeah, I think they're all good. I just think it's a matter of how good. And it's definitely a little bit inflated with the schedule that they play. Absolutely. absolutely. Do you have, did you say you had one more thing for about the LA Rams? Yes, one more thing. So here's the last thing. Bucks offensive line has to play out of their mind uh, this week to give Brady a chance. And here's what I'll say. It's enough of a sample size. Ten games is enough of a sample size for me to say definitively that Brady absolutely balls out when you keep him upright. You've got to give him time and keep the offense on schedule. <laughs> that was one of the awesome things we did was we kept getting, now we had some long third downs just because of some penalties, but it wasn't nearly as bad as some of our earlier games. When we played the Panthers, we stayed on schedule, and third downs were a lot more manageable. Lo and behold, we go 10 for 16. Brady has three touchdowns. He's you know, he's got one more. We score on nine straight possessions. This is the formula. Run game, keep Brady upright, and uh, let's stay on schedule. Now, we're coming up against a really, really good defensive front and good defense in general. So you got Aaron Donald, probably the best at his position in the entire NFL. But you also got guys like Leonard Floyd in the uh, the middle line, uh, the linebacker position, outside linebacker position. And so they're going to bring things from all different angles. And I think the Bucks they're going to have to play out of their mind this week to give Brady a chance. Now, you might say, well, if – you know, keeping him upright, you know, giving him time, staying on schedule. That seems like a lot of things that have to go right for him to excel. And I hear you, but it's pretty much the same thing with anybody else. Look what happened to Russell Wilson when he was sacked six times. He gave up like three turnovers. Look what happened to Aaron Rodgers when the Bucks, you know, were all over him the entire game. Mm-hmm. Two turnovers and one of them was a pick six. So quarterbacks have to have the time and uh, it's about protecting the quarterback, and for defenses, it's getting after the quarterback. So for us, the Bucks, we got to do a great job off, along the offensive line. Um, and guys, I don't know how optimistic it is right now that we're going to get Ali Marpet back. I, di- I I'm just not. I don't have a great feeling about that. So, you know, and and listen, Aaron Donald's been lining up against some of the tackles on the outside too. So this could be a tough game if we can't contain that guy and contain the Rams' defense. So. Um, you know, I'm going to say this, and I'll say this again. The O-line is the most important unit on this team, and they will be in this game. They got dominated in the Saints game. Bad things happen. So it could happen again. You got to go out. You got to take the fight to the defensive line, stone him, and keep Brady upright. Let him ball, because I think he can. If you give him the time, uh, the Bucks are going to win this game. Absolutely. I completely agree. And just a little fun fact for all y'all who love fun fact. In the last three meetings at the L.A. Rams or the hashtag, you know, slash you know st louis st louis rams played um they've put up 30 plus points so it's just something to think about it's a different offensive line this year it's a different you know different um perspective going in because the last game that we played against the la rams our first game that we got to talk about micah last year was against these la rams so um how fun was how fun is this game going to be for us because they takes us back to our our glory days of us just not even know having an idea of what we're doing just sitting on an audio just talking about nonsense wait hold on we have an idea what we're doing now (laughs) oh man Uh, a little bit better a little bit better well hey uh it's coming full circle coming full full circle so what is your prediction 
for the Bucks game against the Rams. This is on Monday Night Football, primetime. Everybody's watching. Do you think the Bucks show up, and do you think the Bucks get the win? I do think the Bucks show up, and I do think the Bucks get the win. I think it's going to be a, actually a high-scoring game. Just depends on you know how our offensive line shows up you know against Aaron Donald. But I really do think it's going to be a high-scoring game as of previous games against them. But I think it's going to be another high-scoring game. So I'm going to go with 42 to 38. That's how close I think it's going to be against the LA Rams, but I that's my win on it, my thought on it. Um, you know, golf is golf is a weakness for them, but at the same time, you know, you they protect if they don't if we don't get to them and they protect them, it's gonna be dropping nines on us. So uh, that's my prediction. Yeah, I I hear you. I think the only thing I'll say is I don't necessarily trust the Rams to put up a high a high scoring game. So I'm I'm gonna take the Bucks to win 31-24. I think they'll win by a touchdown. It'll be close, uh, but it'll be a matter of the offense that does best. And I think the Bucks offense finally put it together. Man, I'm just fingers crossed, knock on wood, that the the Saints kind of game never happens again because you can't win in this league if you can't play in prime time. So this is the game where they finally tell the league we play well, we play well. Doesn't matter what time it is, prime time, you know, not prime time, one o'clock, four o'clock, at six fifteen, whatever. We play well. We're a contender. I think this is where they show up and go uh, move move their record to eight and three on the year, which is almost a guarantee that you're going to make the playoffs at that point. So it's yeah, exciting. Absolutely. And you know, speaking of that, you know, we have a chance to go at five hundred or better. So it'd be a really good season at that point. Um, let's move into making our picks, cause my dude. There were some upsets this week, and my dude, I picked some of those upsets, so I made a comeback. <laughs> oh man, you did! And uh, the week ten results: Brandon went eleven and three, I went nine and five. So he has made up the difference. He's it's we're tied eighty-seven to eighty-seven. This is this is some drama for us. I mean, the beginning of the year, I started behind three. I clawed my way back each and every week, and then you know took a three game lead. Then it went to two, and then you erased the two game lead in just one week. So this week, week eleven is very important. It's uh, we only have six weeks left, so it's anybody's ball game at this point. Arizona at Seattle for our first matchup this week. Brandon, who do you have against? Uh, and what's going to be a really awesome game, I think. It, it really is, and I'm, you know, it's kind of sad that it's going to be a one o'clock game. But I really think, you know, that Arizona played very well against the um, Buffalo Bills, who you know lead the AFC East. Uh, they did really well against them. Um, it was a nice comeback win for them. Uh, if you didn't see it and you missed that awesome hail mary catch that was just deep into the end zone, it was beautiful. I think it was great, um, but. Seattle has been struggling as of late. Um, it they just don't seem like they're putting pieces together right. Um, I don't know how well they're going to play against this Arizona team. So I'm going to actually stick with my pick that I picked last week, and I'm going to go with Arizona again. I think Arizona's going to uh, sneak out a win and now try to you know claw their way up into their division as well. I I toyed with that, but I'm going to go with Seattle strictly on the argument that Russell Wilson can't possibly have three bad games in a row. I just don't even think it's possible. I think I think the football gods love this guy. So, you know, I think the Seattle's offense is going to get back to what they were before. I said that last week, but it's actually going to happen this week. And if we're being honest, the cards barely, I mean barely won on a Hail Mary play that was into triple coverage. 
uh, against the Bills. So I'm, I'm taking Seattle, and I feel pretty confident about it. Yeah, I agree. All right, a uh, little bit of a garbage game to pick here, but Washington and uh, Cincinnati, who do you got? Okay, so my upset pick of the Bengals over the Steelers didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. And, and add in the fact that Washington came back from a three-touchdown deficit only to lose on a late field goal, but it was under the QB play of Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Washington. I think that the Washington defense will terrorize Joe Burrow. And uh, with that defensive front and that offense, I think they can do just enough uh, to pull out a win. So I'm taking Washington over Cincinnati. I agree. I was saying it last week that I think, you know, Alex Smith, you know, him coming in would be a very good thing for those Washington Redskins, or the, sorry, the Washington, the, oh my gosh, Washington football, football team. team. <laughs> <laughs> I really think, you know, Washington is going to get the win here, and uh, it's good to see Alex Smith back in the league. Yeah, it totally is. Okay. Atlanta at New Orleans. I can't wait. I, I want to hear your yes. pick first. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, we got to talk. Okay, uh, we got Brandon. I know a, we're not doing news today, but injury. we got to talk about what happened yeah. in New Orleans. Okay. So there is an injury in New Orleans. So that's good news for us. So say, hold on. I don't like injuries. I hope Drew Brees gets well. Drew Brees was playing with a fractured rib going into this game, so we did that to him. Yes. All right. Cool. Awesome. Whatever. Anyways. He has multiple rib fractures now and a collapsed lung, so that's kind of kind of scary. So he will probably be out for a good three weeks. So who does that? Who leaves that the starter, ladies and gentlemen? It's the no good Jameis Thinking Winston as their starting quarterback now. So, Micah, how do you feel? Because as soon as I saw that, I called you. I didn't text you or anything. I called I <laughs> you. I called you on my way home from from Universal and said what's happening like because this is crazy because there is a chance that i really thought they were just gonna lose it because winston was that quarterback and he just did enough for them to stay in the game but geez like their defense kind of kept them in that game but how do you feel about this well a couple things one is uh sean payton said he's not going to announce who's the starter until the game which is smart because it keeps atlanta on their heels but also i actually kind of think that there's a part of him that is conflicted because you know, Taysom Hill plays a very specific role in the New Orleans offense. Um, and Jameis has not been learning Taysom's role. He's been learning Drew Brees' role. Right. So if Brees goes down with an injury that they didn't plan on, you would pro- it, it makes sense in my mind that you keep Taysom Hill in his role and then you just put Jameis in in the Brees' role and roll with that. Um, and it was, only, it was the second half, so why you know, change your entire game plan if you can just put Jameis in and keep the lead? So now it comes to the question of, do they go with the guy who they paid millions of dollars, like millions and millions of dollars to be a backup, Taysom Hill, or do they keep kind of the same offense that Drew Brees was running with Taysom as the gadget guy and Jameis start? So that really is the question for the Saints this week is who do they start? The more I've thought about it, I'm like, dang, I don't know. Like it just depends on who, number one, who New Orleans thinks is the best chance for them to win this game. But also, two, this will give you a little bit of a hint of what they feel like in the future is is their plan. I mean, if they don't go with Taysom, I don't think it's, you know, oh, it's Jameis's job in the future. But it's definitely interesting in my mind if they don't go with Taysom Hill. Now, here's what I'll say. In Jameis's start, he dropped back like 10 times. And in 10 times, only 10, 
He gifted an interception right to a middle linebacker. It went right through his hands. So even though Sean Payton has a much more conservative system than Bruce Arians, yeah, and he gave up two sacks and a big sack too. He was running around doing all sorts of stuff. This this is his mo. You, I don't think you can get the Jameis out of Jameis. So I really do think that in my mind, whether Jameis is starting or Taysom is starting, who by the way can't throw. I mean, he just can't. He's not a great quarterback. I'm betting that the Falcons have enough on offense to beat the New Orleans Saints. Period. I'm taking the Falcons. Period. I'm glad we are on the same link this week. Period, period, period. I completely agree. I do not think that Jameis Winston has changed at all. I think it's going to still be the same Jameis that we've seen here in Tampa the last five years, and it's never going to change. I think, like you said, you can't take the Jameis out of Jameis because – he is just that was his mo the entire time. I completely agree. I'm picking the Falcons as well. It's just going to be great to see if that comes all comes true to fruition because it will help us if they do drop these next three games because you know their next three games are cakewalk they as won't. well. They're not going to drop the next three, but I, it would be nice listen, if they lost. My ball prediction: drop the three games and it will set us pretty high, high in our division. I'm just saying, just saying could drop the next three. That's not going to happen. But I do think they drop one against the Falcons. I still think they beat the Lions. So that we're just, I, in my mind, I'm just hoping for at least maybe even one loss. But, hey, we can't just tie the Saints. They have the tiebreaker. we got to have at least one more win than them, which is That's why I said, let's just really hard at this point. So. <laughs> I would much All right. So, so moving on, moving on. Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. I doubted the Steelers last week. What do you think? What do you think the result of this game is going to be? Oh, well, you're trying to bait me into picking Jacksonville? Yeah, right. Picking the Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers are going to remain perfect this week. There's no question about it. Move on to the next game after that. Come on, man. They're just they're – st- okay, look. I did doubt them. They won. 9-0 is not, not easy in the league, but they're not as good as their record. They're not. So maybe they're this season's Packers. They do good the regular season, then flame out in the playoffs. Who knows? We'll see. But I do. I am taking Pittsburgh in this game. I don't think Jacksonville has enough, so I'm going with Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I just I don't know. Um, real quick, going back to this, uh, the Saints. Real quick, they the Saints have an interesting schedule coming up. They have the Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, uh, Eagles, Kansas City, uh, somewhat of an interesting Vikings team, and then Carolina again. So I think their schedule is pretty interesting going. Th- going forward um they might have drew Brees back for the kansas city chief game it just depends on how well his ribs heal so just yeah and i think he will come back but i i think three weeks is super optimistic especially with that collapsed lung and multiple ribs that are broken so i think it'll be more like four or five games and if they're still in a position for the playoffs he might come back for the last game or to the start of the playoffs but that's that's my opinion i I can't see him coming back any earlier than that, especially if he comes back, then aggravates it, then is out for the season. Like, they're going to want to get him healed up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I guess it depends on how well Jameis plays. If they if they stay into yeah. the the playoff being in the lead of the whole NFC in general, you know, they have the chance of getting the bye. So that's just something to think about what they do moving forward. All right. Um, let's see. How about the New England and Houston? Uh, New England – Bounce back and got a dub. You know they're still dead in my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. So who do you got? New England and Houston. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, they beat the Ravens. I think this proves 
that the Ravens maybe are not as good as we all thought in some ways. And I know it's just one loss, but I've seen a little concerning things about the Ravens the past couple of games. So um, that, that's a developing story to watch. But I don't think New England is like beat Baltimore Ravens good. They just they just beat them, and it's just one game. So um, I still think all that being said, Houston Texans are just not good. Mm-hmm. They're just really not good. So I think the Pat, the Pats are going to get a win here. It's it's. Not gonna be impressive because it's against a lackluster Texans team, but I think they'll get the win. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think New England's gonna come out with another win. They'll win two games back to back, but it's just, it's kind of weird to see the New England Patriots being so far down in the, in the um, I love it. losing column. Oh, it's fantastic! <laughs> it's amazing. So, all right, uh, Philadelphia and Cleveland, the number one NFC East team versus the Cleveland Browns, the Brownies. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, this one's off, honestly a toss-up for me. I think the Browns, I, I think they, they man, I, I can't count on them anymore, but my gut says they figure out how to get their offense going after two really bad defensive or offensive performances in a row. Um, you know, I think they have to, and I think they'll, they'll do it here. Um, Philly, there's nothing about Philly that makes me want to trust them. There's a little bit about Cleveland that makes me want to trust them, so I'm taking the Browns. Yeah, I'm taking the Browns as well. Like no, like no reason. Just picking the Browns. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Detroit at Carolina. What do you think? Okay. So these these Lions are kind of making it very interesting here late into the late into the season. I think they are um, trying to push very hard in a in a division that's struggling in that North. Uh, you know, the Packers have been struggling a little bit. So you have the Vikings who have been playing pretty decent lately. Um, and so have the um, Lions. So I'm picking the Lions this week. I don't think Carolina can overcome enough to – they're struggling on offense still. Uh, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater can do very well against the Carolina Panthers. Well, and – so wait, hold on. You said Teddy Bridgewater do well against the Carolina Panthers no. or against the Detroit Lions? Sorry. I said I, I don't think he would do well against the Detroit Lions. Okay, the, the the Lions. Okay, I was trying to figure out if you um, which quarterback you messed up because yeah. no, you're, you're yeah. um, so Teddy. Like, I don't know if he's gonna play. That's my only thing. So I don't know, man. This one's tough. It's tough to pick it on Tuesday because we don't know how bad the injury is and if he's gonna miss a game. Uh, but they're already down Christian McCaffrey. I don't know. I'm taking the Lions, man. I'm taking the Lions. All right, we're going with the Motor City. All right, nice. All right. All right, Tennessee and Baltimore. Baltimore struggled, you know, came out with a loss against you. You talked about it. They've been struggling as of late. You know, these aren't the Baltimore Ravens that we're all used to. It really seems like ever since Tom Brady has left the AFC, the whole AFC is not who we used were used to seeing. Um, it's been just Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, the Ravens are struggling. Um Tennessee was doing good, and then now they're struggling. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. But I'm going to pick the Ravens. I think they're a much better team than the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the Titans, uh, they just they might not be as good as we thought. I mean, they're still in position for the postseason. but And listen, they're well coached. They have an elite running back and have a good enough quarterback. But I still don't think they have enough to beat the Ravens. Like, I think the Ravens, they, they've got to bounce back. They know that this is really important for them to bounce back. It'll be a, it'll be a good game. I think it plays to the Ravens' strength, so uh, I'm taking them. And I think this is going to be one of the most boring games that you'll watch as an NFL fan because it'll just be runs almost the whole time. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, in a game like that, I'm taking Baltimore. Uh, Tim, I, 
I, we're not sure. Uh, I believe that was the initial report coming out that it was an ACL sprain, but I'm not a, or Teddy Bridgewater, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, just yeah, and those things. I mean, even though it wasn't like uh, you know as bad as uh, Whitworth, mm-hmm. I think was his name for the for the Rams, mm-hmm. who's the starting left tackle that'll be out. You know, it wasn't a tear. Um, that that crap hurts, mm-hmm. dude. It it is not easy to play with sprains or ruptures or all of that kind of stuff. So. I am curious to see if Teddy comes back for this game. Yeah. Uh, didn't I, he, I would be very impressed. Isn't that what the same surgery he had when he – I don't know. It was a different knee. It was, it was the other oh, knee. Oh, see? So we're kind of going into what a, a um, RG3 situation where he tore one and then came back the next year and then tore the other one. So I, crazy. it's you know, ho- you know, you know, just hopefully it doesn't it – isn't, it isn't too bad. So, um, yeah. Yeah. God, I, I really hope this doesn't – happen but <laughs> i really no sorry hold on i really hope they just take charge and you know do what they're supposed to do. the la chargers versus the the new york jets who are just bad they're terrible just garbage i think lady luck is finally going to be on the charger side and i'm picking the chargers <laughs> the jets are unequivocally the worst team in the nfl and i will tell you what a bye week doesn't fix that however if there was a team brandon that could luck into losing to the worst team in the NFL, an 0-9 team. It is the cursed Chargers. So, yeah, the Chargers are going to win. I mean, this yeah. should be easy. I was going to say, I was like, what? I was like, what is he doing? No, I can't, I can't <laughs> take the Jets with good faith. Like, there's no way I'm taking the Jets until they prove they can do anything. I'm taking the other team. Mm. Gosh. I, I... Okay. <sighs> Miami at Denver. Are you a Miami believer? I'm not. However, I'm going to put a little start asterisk. I'm a Miami defense believer. Their defense has been keeping them in majority of their games this year. I don't I've we alluded to it when they made the announcement that they are repl- you know that Tua was starting over Fitzpatrick. Um I did not like the move. I don't agree with it. I still don't agree with it. I still don't think it's going to happen. However, against Denver, Denver's been struggling. They don't have their pieces together. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have the leader on that side of the ball for the offense. And so this defense is just going to tear over them. I'm picking Miami. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm not a Miami believer. But again, this is one of those situations where it's like, yeah, I don't believe the Steelers are as good as nine and zero, but they're better than the Jaguars. You know, like I, I'm not a Miami believer, but they're better than Denver. So. I'm taking Miami. Uh, if there was a point spread, I mean, I might take Denver against the spread, but there, we're, we don't do that. We're just doing straight-up pick them. So I, I, I got Miami. Yeah. All right. Dallas against a very interesting Minnesota team. These Some, some of these teams are making it very you know a very late comeback into the season. So And it sucks for the Bucks because we have to play the Vikings, who are now suddenly hot, the Falcons, who always do the good at the end of the year, and the Lions that can make every game interesting. So yeah. I'm not excited about that. No, I'm not excited about it either. But, you know, it does make a good four-game stretch at the end of the season for us. Um, it makes, makes playoff football even that much much harder to talk about. But we'll talk about them in the next couple of weeks coming. But let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings right now, who are going to be playing against a really rough, tough, hard, injured Dallas Cowboys team who just stink right now. They're just stink. They're not America's team. Everybody hates the Cowboys. Freaking crybabies they are. I'm picking I'm picking the middle of the set of Vikings. Skull! 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 <laughs> Wouldn't it be fantastic if the Cowboys beat the Vikings? No. I Wouldn't don't. it be fantastic? No. 
They're not going to do it, but wouldn't it be fantastic? Yeah, I'm picking the Vikings. I mean, they just have more talent. They have more pieces. Justin Jefferson, rookie wide receiver, looks great. You've got Adam Adam Thielen. You've got, I think, Kyle Rudolph still in the offense. You've got a really good offensive line. you got Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins I'm not a huge fan of, but then they've got a serviceable defense. I mean, there should be no way that the Vikings lose to Dallas, but again, if there's a team that could do it, I might bet on on the Vikings. So uh, I'm still going to take the Vikings, but it should be – it should be an interesting game. That's all I'll say. Mm, breaking news: I just found out the Dallas Cowboys lost their game against the bye week this week. So, <laughs> oh man, that, that takes a lot of talent. <laughs> all right. Okay, so Green Bay at Indianapolis. What's your pick? Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. It's um, it's it's in the late window. The four, one of the four uh, twenty five games. Uh, I really think that the Green Bay Packers have been struggling as of late. Um, they barely snuck out a win against a no good Jaguars team. And um, the Colts have been looking pretty hot lately. So um, I don't know. God, I don't know who to pick here. I'm going with my guy. I'm picking the Colts. Mm. I disagree with you, man. Indy, Indy did look good against the Titans, no doubt about it. But I'm taking the pack to bounce back from a very narrow win over the Jags. I'm... I'm taking the pack to win by about ten points. I feel pretty confident in this. I think they're I think they're going to beat the Colts. I do not think that Philip Rivers has the arm to compete with Aaron Rodgers. This is not just a quarterback competition, but you you got to be able to sling it against Green Bay. And I think I think Green Bay is going to win this game. Mm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, Kansas City at Las Vegas, the Raiders, the Raiders, Chiefs. Chiefs win. They're the best team in the NFL. It is what it is. They just are. They're better than anybody in the in the NFC and are better than the Steelers too. They've got more than enough ability to beat the Raiders in their second matchup this year. I do not think lightning strikes twice. I do not think the Raiders can get another win against the Chiefs. Chiefs win. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Indeed. I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I Dang it! I do agree. I do agree. I don't think Lightning can strike twice for those Raiders. I think the Chiefs are a much better team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it was just luck on the Raiders team last time, but I'm picking the Chiefs this week. All right, all right, man. I was kind of hoping you picked the Raiders there. You were you were thinking about it. Well, obviously, we also have the LA Rams at Tampa Bay. We both picked the Bucks, and guys. I don't want you to think that we don't also think that this could be a close game or that we don't also think the Bucks could lose. This will be a big test. This is a huge game. The Bucks have to show up if they want to compete. So I'm betting on the fact that I think Tom Brady and the Bucks don't have another Saints situation. I mean, they, they just can't. So they beat the Panthers. They got back on track. Now they have to stack another win with a win over the Rams, and that'll give them a lot of confidence then going into the next game against a really, really, really good Chiefs team. So all that being said, those are our picks for the week. That's our uh, breakdown of the Panthers. That's our uh, looking forward to the Rams, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. But before we go, Brandon, you got any final thoughts for us? I absolutely do, because come Monday night, the cannons will fire, the flags will be waving high as the Bucks battled the Rams. And we are going to take those horns, rip them off their heads, and we're going to pound them in the dirt. We're going to pound Jared Goff right down where he belongs. I can't wait. Go Bucks, fire the cannons. Boom!
Boom! Boom! Boom! Woo! You're feeling it this morning. It must be that 9.30 start instead of the 8.30 start. Well, hey, speaking of that, don't forget Brandon and I will be right here every Tuesday morning. Tuesdays are our new day, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, live on Bucks Report, breaking down the last game, looking forward to the next game, giving you some NFL news and picks. We're excited about it. We're looking forward to our brand new day each week. Join us next week. Bring your questions and topics you'd like answered for the podcast. As always, a huge thank you to Bucks Report, Keith, all those guys. Uh, we love Bucks Report, we're grateful for them. You can find them on Facebook at Bucks Report, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Beware the Bay. You can find us on Facebook at Beware the Bay Podcast, and you can listen to the, the audio version of this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you again, faithful Bucks fans, for tuning into the podcast, and we will see you next week.